Job chapter 1. Before we read from Job chapter 1, I'd like to, to briefly talk to the boys and the girls who are here before we read God's holy and infallible word. I wonder, do any of the boys and the girls here, does anyone like school? Does anyone like school? Or even the bigger, older boys and girls here, do you remember school? Now you might be thinking, I do not like school. There's some subjects I don't like. I didn't like maths for a very long time, until I was about eight or nine years old. And I was like, why am I learning this? This is too hard. Why am I here? And you'd be daydreaming about out playing with your friends, being somewhere else, but not learning. Ugh, maths, English, what do I need this for? This is painful. This is suffering. Oh, why am I doing this? But what happens when you have a good teacher in school and that teacher makes you think, aha, I can do this. That's why this is useful. Oh, this isn't so bad. And you start to realize that this is a good thing. Learning is not easy, is it? Learning at times can be painful. You come back from school and you are tired. You're exhausted. And you think, I don't know if I want to do that again. But after a time, with a good teacher or sometimes the penny drops, ah, this pain is worth it. Ah, there's something good that comes out of this. Now, in Job, Job goes through a lot of suffering, doesn't he? If we think of suffering in the Bible, we think of a number of people. We might think of Jeremiah, but we certainly think of Job. Job went through a lot. And the only way we can face suffering in our own lives or pain or anything to endure is if we see there's a purpose to it. If we see there's a reason for it. There's something good at the end of it. There's something wonderful at the end of it. And it has something to teach us. If we can keep that in our minds, that nothing happens by accident, nothing happened by accident to Job in our, in our chapter we're going to read in a minute, and nothing happens by accident in your life either. It's all by the hand of God. And what we have to ask ourselves, just like Job had to ask ourselves, why am I going through this? Is there a reason for this? There is a good reason for it. A very good reason for it. So boys and girls, when you're in school and you're saying, this isn't great, I'm not enjoying this. There's a reason you're in school and it's a very good reason. And older boys and girls, <laughs> there's a very good reason for whatever you're going through right now. Whatever suffering you're going through, it is by the hand of God and is for good, righteous, and holy reason. So let us read now from Job chapter 1. Job chapter 1, as we read from this. And as we're reading as well, pay close attention to all that Job goes through from verses 13 to 19. This is... Almost like an avalanche, you could say, of suffering one after 
another to this godly man. Job chapter 1, let us hear God's holy word. There was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job. And that man was blameless and upright. One who feared God and turned away from evil. There were born to him seven sons and three daughters. He possessed 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, and 500 female donkeys, and very many servants. So that this man was the greatest of all the people of the East. His sons used to go and hold a feast in the house of each one on his day. And they would send and invite their three sisters to eat and drink with them. When the days of the feast had run their course, Job would send and consecrate them. And he would rise early in the morning and offer burnt burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, it may be that my children have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus Job did continually. Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan also came among them. The Lord said to Satan, from where have you come? Satan answered the Lord and said, from going to and fro on the earth and from walking up and down on it. And the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? That there is none like him on the earth. A blameless and upright man who fears God and turns away from evil. Then Satan answered the Lord and said, Does Job fear God for no reason? Have you not put a hedge around him and his house and all that he has on every side? You have blessed the work of his hands and his possessions have increased in the land. But stretch out your hand and touch all that he has, and he will curse you to your face. And the Lord said to Satan, Behold, all that he has is in your hand, only against him. Do not stretch out your hand. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. Now there was a day when his sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house. And there came a messenger to Job and said, The oxen were plowing and the donkeys feeding beside them. And the Sabians fell upon them and took them and struck down the servants with the edge of the sword. And I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was yet speaking, there came another and said, The fire of God fell from heaven and burned up the sheep and the servants. And consumed them, and I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was yet speaking, there came another and said, The Chaldeans formed three groups and made a raid on the camels and took them and struck down the servants with the edge of the sword. And I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was yet speaking, there came another and said, Your sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in the oldest brother's house. 
And behold, a great wind came across the wilderness and struck the four corners of the house. And it fell upon the young people. And they are dead. And I alone have escaped to tell you. Then Job arose and tore his robe and shaved his head and fell on the ground and worshipped. And he said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked shall I return. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all this, Job did not sin or charge God with wrong. And may the Lord bless the reading of his word. Our title for this morning's message from this text that we just read in Job chapter 1 is God is sovereign over suffering. God is sovereign over suffering. None of us want to suffer, do we? It's not something pleasant and it is not something that we wish to go through. But in seeing that there is suffering and seeing the purpose of it, we can see where we need to look to for hope, our only hope in this world, and that is God alone. Facing suffering, no matter who you are, is a great challenge. No matter how mature you are, no matter how young or how old you are, it is a mighty challenge to face. I think one of the things that I've discovered since I became a Christian back in 2009 is my own generation really struggle with challenge. Often we have ways of coping with challenge. And I fear that my own generation, we often run away from challenge. Whenever people are saved for the first time, they can have a lot of bad habits like I did myself going back in 2009. Running away from responsibility was one thing I needed to repent of as a newly born again 24-year-old back in 2009. Realizing that there was a purpose to the suffering that I was running away from. That there was something that God wishes to teach us in the midst of this pain. And we face it. And what does it do in our lives? It shapes us. It informs us. It matures us. And dear friends, this is not easy. For myself, this is something I daily have to put to death. A sin that I daily have to put to death. But nothing happens in this world by accident. Nothing happened in our text that we read this morning by accident. All these things happen one upon another upon another in verses 13 to 19 in, in an extraordinary way. And whatever you're going through, dear friends, this morning, whatever suffering, whatever pain you go, you're going through as an individual, it doesn't take God by surprise. And if there's any suffering you're going through as a church, none of it has taken God by surprise. But 
As we look at this text, remember this. Any and all things that God has done, it's for his glory, but it's also for our good. That could be hard to see when you read a text like we've read this morning in Job. You think, how can that be for Job's good? When you read to the end of the book and you see what Job learns in the midst of this pain. It had a purpose to show that God is sovereign over suffering. He's in control of your trials, your pain, and your afflictions here this very day. Number one we're going to look at from our text in Job chapter one is answers, the why of suffering. Answers, the why of suffering. When suffering does come, we often want to know why, don't we? The first question is, why is this happening to me? Is it something specifically that I did? Is there something that I did in my life? Job faces horrible news, doesn't he? He goes from having it all at this beginning of Job chapter 1 to having most of it that was mentioned in the first five chapters or the first five verses being taken away from him one after another after another with barely a moment's breath in between. But is it because of Job's sin? It's very clear that it is not. It is not. His own personal sin is not the reason. Now this is not to say that Job is not a sinner. He was. But look at what it says here in verse 1 of our text. There was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job. And that man was blameless and upright. One who feared God and shunned evil. We're not just being told he was a believer and we're not sure exactly what his practices were. He, in a very active way, shunned and refused evil. This was clearly a very godly example. In verse 8, what did God say of Job? Then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job, that there is none like him on the earth? A blameless and upright man, one who fears God and shuns evil. So not only, he must have had a good reputation around, and he was well known as someone who walked with the Lord. Even the Lord himself was saying to the devil, have you considered one of my servants? One who fears God and shuns evil. In the book of Ezekiel, Job is mentioned among two other People, Noah and Daniel as being very good examples. In verse 5 it talks about how Job carried out family worship. Back, family worship back then would have been very much burnt offerings. This is before the time of Christ. And he offered burnt offering according to the number of them all. As it tells us in verse 5. Job is a great example. A tremendous example. Not perfect, of course, but a tremendous example nonetheless. Again, he was not sinless. We have to remember 1 John chapter 1, verse 10. If we say that we have not sinned, 
we make him a liar and his word is not in us. For all have sinned, Romans 3.23, and fall short of the glory of God. Every single one of us have sinned. Every single one of us have struggles. Every single one of us have temptations we need to put to death on a daily basis. All of us are made in a certain way and will have specific struggles. And we won't all have the same struggles. They will vary from person to person. If there's suffering and affliction in your life, it is not necessarily because of personal sin. It is not necessarily, because it's so, it's so easy for us to think that way. And there's a sense in which, dear friends, we almost wish at times when we're going through pain and suffering, we want that pain to end so badly. Please show me the sin in my life so I can get rid of it quickly. We almost feel like that. We wish we could find something that we could get rid of. So that pain in our lives, the person who is sick or whatever the case may be, but sometimes this is not the case. In the case of Job, it was not the case. Now, Job was richly blessed. Look at all that he had. We must point this out as well. Verse 2, it talks about seven sons and three daughters were born to him. In verse 3, it says about the possessions that he had. Also, his possessions were 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen. Now, perhaps when we're reading this in, in 2022, some people might be thinking, that's a lot of animals, that sounds like a headache. Not a blessing. But you have to remember back then. This was the sign of wealth. There's still countries around the world. That if you go there. The currency may be up and down. And if you want to retire. You have animals. He is an incredibly wealthy. And blessed person. This is the whole point of it. God has blessed him mightily. We may be tempted to think. God has given him all these good things because he has been a godly example. Now, God is merciful and, and gracious to every single one of us. Even the air in our lungs is an expression of the Lord's love that he allows us to have this. But we must not be tempted into a form of prosperity gospel. That we think, I will do well and God will bless me. There are some people in the world who are ungodly and have also these types of riches. So you must not think, I will do this and my farm, my business will necessarily prosper. Sometimes you have been keeping close to the Lord. But yet in the same time, affliction and difficulty still come. Maybe for reasons you do not know at this moment in time. But for good reasons. Because it is from a good And holy and righteous God. Then when things go wrong for Job. Later on. The temptation is also the other way. As it was for Job's friends. Later on in the book of Job. And we may be thinking like this. Job you suffer because you're a sinner. Own up to it. What have you been doing? What is the thing that you must get right? Confess your guilt, deal with it, and everything will go back to the way it was. You will have your animals back again. We find out later on that in verse 16, 
The fire of God fell from heaven and burned up the sheep and the servants and consumed them. And I alone have escaped to tell you. He loses pretty much everything. But it could be personal sin. We must also point this out. Well, this is not the example with Job. We should, if, if this happens in our lives, we should examine ourselves. We should do it anyway. But we should examine our life. Ah, is there major areas of sin in my life that the Lord is warning me about? Graciously, I might add. Warning me that there's danger ahead if I do not repent in a specific area. And this is something we all need to do in our lives. It is there to teach us, dear friends. And it is from the hand of a loving God. Let us seek the Lord, that we may learn what we have to learn. The answers may not come today, but it does not mean that they will not come in the future. The Lord knows, whatever the case. So we've looked at answers, number one. Number two, amount, the degree of suffering. The degree of suffering. Uh, the measure or the amount of suffering that Job goes through is completely under the control of God. Often the thing that mostly changes as we grow up, we can deal more and more with pain. We often can endure pain more than we can when we were younger. It's often the case with experience, isn't it? The more experiences you have, the more you're able to deal with things in the future. At least, usually, that is the case. That's why if, if you're giving somebody a job, work experience means a, a whole lot more than the college degree or anything else from education. Experience. Have you ever been to the dentist? And right before you go in, there's a very scared young child in there who's screaming and you're not the best with the dentist anyway and that almost scares you half to death when you're young and inexperienced pain seems unbearable but later when you get older we become better at dealing with it all that to say dear friends we're not all the same we're not all able to deal with the same amount of pressures and we're not all able to deal with the same amount of suffering. The Lord knows what we're able to deal with by His grace. It's all by His grace or else we cannot deal with anything. What we can cope with. And the Lord knows what we can deal with. And He controls it all, not us. In verse 12 of Job one And the Lord said to Satan, Behold, all that he has is in your power. Only do not lay a hand on his person. So there's this conversation taking place between Satan. He is one among the, these, uh, the sons of God. They're called these angels. And what is happening here is Satan is saying, Well, you know what? He's only doing this. Job is only doing this. Not because he loves you. But because you've been blessing him so much. You take away all these blessings. 
He will curse you to your face. This is all a front. This is, the, this is Satan. This is the accuser. The Lord said this to Satan. Behold, all that he has is in your power. Do, only do not lay a hand on his person. The only way anything can happen to us, friends, is if God allows it. God is in complete control of anything that happens to us. There was a hedge of protection around Job that protected him mightily. And we see this in in the first five verses. How many children he had. What an amazing blessing from the Lord. Uh, How many animals and, and all these things. Servants. The hedge of protection. Things were going really well. Because this was from the Lord's hand. But to a degree, this was removed. Let's put it like this, friends. Even the devil knows God was protecting Job. Even the devil knows this. He controls what happens in life. Verse 9 of our text in Job chapter 1. So Satan answered the Lord and said, Does Job fear God for nothing? He's he's doing it not because he loves you. Well, look at all the things you've given him. Have you not made a hedge around him, around his household, and around all that he has on every side? And dear friends, the, the devil knows this. Do we as believers in Jesus Christ know this? That every single thing that goes right or wrong in our lives is under the sovereign control of Almighty God. And there's almost the question for us to ask is, why? And also realize, he controls how much we endure. How much we endure. Now the devil hates God's people. He wishes to do us harm. But he cannot touch us, dear friends. He cannot touch us Apart from the Lord's permission. It's only if God allows it. Now what should, what should we do with that? With that knowledge? We should be, shouldn't we? Be praying on a daily basis. Oh Lord, place this hedge of protection around our church. Around our family. Wherever we are. When we're driving in the car. Whatever the case may be. Protect us O Lord. Because we are completely in your hand. We completely. We're completely helpless. Because God keeps back. All that would wish to do us harm in this world. And oh. But he also knows how much we can deal with. He knows how much we can face. Number three now. Avalanche, avalanche, the challenge of suffering. So we've looked at answers, the why of suffering, amount, the degree of suffering, or the amount of suffering. Avalanche, the challenge of suffering. And this comes in from verses 13 to 19. There's almost an avalanche of suffering that Job goes through. 
Because we may be saying at this point, well, it's all well and good, isn't it? And it may, and I hope it doesn't come across this way, dear friends. If we just pray more, trust more, everything will be okay. The danger is we could start to depend on our performance. I can deal with suffering. I'm strong enough. None of us are strong enough, dear friends. None of us are able to deal with all the issues of life. And the Lord is often telling us, trust Him and rely upon Him. Give up self-reliance and lay yourself upon the Lord more and more. And do not depend on your own performance. Our performance could be seen to what brought on this affliction. And as we think about this challenge of suffering. Briefly think about Jeremiah. How much he suffered. A godly man. With a message. A very difficult message. To give to the people of Judah and Jerusalem. When there was the Babylonians. Coming in at that time. Or even Christ himself. How much he suffered. The just for the unjust. The most godly. The most perfectly holy man to ever walk upon the face of the earth. Perfectly holy. He suffered far more than any of us ever will. He suffered in our place. So I'm saying dear friends. The way to honor God. Can often be the way that brings more suffering in this world. That may seem strange to our ears. Peter couldn't deal with the idea of the cross. When he was talking to Christ. And what did Christ say to him? Get thee behind me Satan. Peter rejected the cross at that time. But when these sufferings come. As we see in verses 13 onwards. They can often come with little warning. In an overwhelming way. In verse 13, remind ourselves what Job went through here. Job chapter 1 verse 13. Now there was a day when his sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in the oldest brother's house. And a messenger came to Job and said, The oxen were plowing and the donkeys feeding beside them. When the Sabians raided them and took them. Indeed, they have killed the servants with the edge of the sword. And I alone have escaped to tell you. And it continues on like this. Even look at the, the beginning of verse 16 when it says, While he was still speaking, almost like one person comes in and gives him bad news. While he was yet speaking, another person comes in and brings him bad news. And the, the news seems to get worse and worse, bringing us down to, to, we'll look at verses 18 and 19. And while he was still speaking, another also came and said, Your sons and your daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house. And suddenly a great wind came across the wilderness and struck the four corners of the house. And it fell on the young people. And they are dead. And I alone have escaped to tell you. I was thinking there the other day. Imagine in the Lord's providence that that person, one person, escaped alone be able to deliver that news none of it was by accident none of it was outside of the control of God none of it not one single aspect of this affliction and pain 
And again, remind yourselves, Job was a godly man. An example, even, it says, remind yourselves of verse 8. God even says this, one who fears God and shuns evil. Because dear friends, we can, we can prepare ourselves as much as we want. And we should prepare ourselves and we should pray that if we do go through such trials, that we would trust in the Lord and, and go through that dark valley. But it, it can be so challenging. Later, the, the sufferings of Job become worse in Job chapter 2. His health suffers. And it brings him to say this in Job chapter 3 verse 3. May the day perish on which I was born. And the night in which it was said, a male child is conceived. Now when we read through Job chapter 3, as I know you've been reading as a congregation through these first six chapters, we would be, and rightly so, think, well, maybe Job's gone too far at times. But let us not be too judgmental at the same time. These are very real emotions that we can all go through. Some of us will never be in Job chapter 3. Some of us will never get that low. But some of us will. <coughs> some of the lows of the Christian walk can be lower than the lows of the world. But the highs and the joys are also far greater as well. That I'm saying this because we can present a Christianity where as soon as we're born again, everything will be okay. I'm happy all the time. As I think from a, a hymn that I sung years ago when I was still in the hymn singing church. And dear friends, we're not. There is a joy in the presence of the Lord that we should seek. Absolutely. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Amen and amen. But it does not mean we will not have these pits and these valleys. Where we will feel like we want the whole earth to swallow us up. And there's many parts of the scriptures that talk about what we would probably call depression today. These are real and these are very normal feelings to have at our very lowest. Job, a godly man, barely has a moment's time to catch breath. It is sorrow upon sorrow. And we can only imagine the shock he is going through. His wealth, and worse than his wealth, he could probably have dealt with that, but his children are taken away from him. The pain becomes so unbearing that his wife even says to him, curse God and die. These are not feelings we wish to think about, but the word of God addresses them the word of God gives us hope when we are in that deep valley that deep valley of you just you can't feel like you can go on were you wondering if you can drag yourself out of bed in the morning the word of God has hope for all hope for all in such situations because Job learned in the midst of this in the midst of this Immense suffering. He does not lash out at God in this chapter. 
he, what does he do? We're going to see now in our next point, our final point. Number four, acceptance. Acceptance, the growth of suffering. Acceptance, the growth of suffering. So we've looked at answers, amount, avalanche, and acceptance now, which is the growth of suffering. It deals with this in verses 20 to 22. Then Job arose, tore his robe, shaved his head, and he fell to the ground and worshipped. And he said, naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked shall I return there. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all this, Job did not sin nor charge God with wrong. He is absolutely heartbroken. He tears his robe. These are like the outward tokens of grief and sorrow. But what is his immediate reaction? His immediate reaction is to fall to his knees. And worship the God of heaven and earth. In certain, in, if we ever go through this, we may in anger scream out, why? Why did this happen to me? And we may even get angry and bitter and think, I deserve better. Now while we may be able to, to sympathize with such feelings in times of such pain, what do we all deserve? What do we all deserve? What do we truly deserve? We shouldn't compare ourselves with other people. We all deserve the wrath of God. I do, and you do. We all do. All born in Adam deserve this. So we should not compare ourselves with others. But what does Job see and accept? Incredibly. And Job is, off, is almost saying this, I have no right to complain, because why? The Lord gave these, all these wonderful things that we read about in the first five verses. God gave those to me, and for the time that I had them, thank you God. Now that is not something that is easy in the, in the moment, is it? To deal with, in your loss and in your pain. I remember, I'm going to find it very hard to talk about this, but years ago when we lost our baby in the womb, 12 weeks pregnancy. And one of the things that got me through that was, thank you God for those 12 weeks. The Lord gave and the Lord taketh away. Is it easy to say no? But we must thank God for what He has given us. He's given us breath, He's given us life. He has saved my soul. He has given me a wonderful wife and two wonderful children. We can be we can immediately think of all the things that were taken from us. But immediately Job goes the Lord gave. Naked I came from my mother's womb. I came into this world with nothing. I had nothing until God gave it to me. Blessed be the name 
of the Lord. We must in times of, of great trial and challenge and pain and suffering. We must remember what God has given us. And if God does take it away. Even in those moments. Be thankful for that time. Whatever time you did have. That he gave it to you. Whatever he has given you. Thank God for that. And again it is incredibly hard. I'm not saying that any of this is easy. But you need the Lord's strength at those times don't we? So that like Job. In all this. Job did not sin. Nor charge God with wrong. Because he remembered that the Lord gave. And it's also under his control. And for his good reasons. To take it away. None of this is easy to talk about. None of this is easy to talk about. We live in a fallen world. A world which faces consequences. Sin and suffering. Came into this world. Because of Adam and sin. Sin and suffering came into this world. And death and all the pain that comes with it. Because of rejecting the way of God. We cannot and we have no reason to complain to God. We will face time of pain. We will feel angry at times. And, but at the same time, remind yourself in those times of what God has given you. God must be our hope, no matter what he takes away from you. God must remain your hope, no matter what he gives you. Job had two extremes, didn't he? At the beginning, he feels like he's got everything. And the danger is, he drifts from the Lord because he's so wealthy. He didn't do that. The other one is, it's all taken away from him. And the temptation would be to be angry with the Lord. He doesn't do that either. God must be our hope. Is God your hope here this morning? If God is your hope, whatever you're facing, He will get you through. None of us can deal with these things in our own strength. Trust Him. He is faithful. It says in 2 Thessalonians 3.3, But the Lord is faithful, who will establish you and guard you from the evil one. Amen.